Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. There was an attitude of joy and happiness and laughter. It was, it was spilling out from their lives. When they went into the towns and arrived home, can you imagine the stories? Can you imagine the people they met? You hungry, hon? No. Can't you tell? We were with Jesus. And he took these, I don't know, I don't know how he did it. We all were full. Pastor Mark reminds us that whether we like it or not, we need to become more joyful. Sadly enough, some people end up in worse shape with the wrong frame of mind in search of the real deal. Today we learn there's a difference between being happy and being joyful. Happiness depends on your circumstances and joy depends on God. Joy is a deep, settled confidence that God is in control of every aspect of your life. God's talking about more than just a laugh. He's talking about displaying the fruit of the Spirit, which brings joy. Remember, real joy is your choice, and it comes from abiding in the vine. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Proverbs, chapter 15, verse 30, with his continuing study entitled, A Good Dose of Medicine. That's why you can be under all that heavy load and still have joy because we know it's going to be all right. We know in spite of what happens here, it's going to be all right. You see, God designed our lives to be full of joy and laughter and excitement regardless. We must choose to enjoy life. Now, turn back to Proverbs chapter 15. Let me give you the fourth one. Real joy shows outwardly. It's on our face. It's in our demeanor. It's the way we act. It's the way we live. You know, it's amazing, and I don't know whether, I don't really know what this is all about. So few people whistled today. I used to when I was working in the hospital, the pharmacy for those years, I'd whistle a lot. People knew, here he comes, the whistler. Well, usually when you're whistling, what are you? You're happy. Have you ever had a canary in your house? Man, just, just loving it. Sun comes in, man, they're turned on. There it goes. Just whistling. Just singing and beautiful. Is there a song in your heart tonight? Is there a joy in your step tonight? You see, if it's here... It's supposed to come outwardly. Well, look at what it says. Proverbs 15, 13. It says, A happy heart makes the face cheerful, but heartache crushes the spirit. Look at this picture. One of my favorite. We have it in the bookstore. I have it at home. You know it. 
What is it? Smiling Jesus. This is what real joy looks like. Now, I'm supposed to be like Jesus. Happy, smiling Jesus. Do you love to be around people? Can you imagine anybody that wouldn't want to be around Jesus? Can you imagine anybody that wouldn't want to be around you or me? (laughs) We're not perfect, but more often than not, we don't represent that very well. More often than not, there's a frown rather than a smile. More often than not, there's kind of a dragging of the feet instead of a in our step. But it shouldn't be that way. Because the joy of the Lord is my... You say, well, Pastor Mark, you don't know my circumstances. I'm not talking about happiness. I'm talking about joy. Look it down at verse 15. All the days of the oppressed are wretched, but the cheerful heart has a continual feast. How, how long? Con- continual. It, it, it's just always there. It's a joy. And it comes not working it up. Can't work it up. That's false. That's the clown. It comes naturally through the Spirit, which makes it supernatural. You see, our world is filled with pessimists, sadness, emptiness, stress, lack of kind of hope. So many people are gloomy and fearful and negative. I went online and I just put the word pessimist. There's a website for them. And here's, they have pictures to hang in your home. There's a picture of a pessimist. And it's on the bottom of this cloud, it says this. Every dark cloud has a silver lining. But lightning kills hundreds of people each year who are trying to find it. <laughs> what, what is that? Now, who would want to hang that in their home? Are we nuts or what? There's a website! And you can buy them! Well, man, a website for pessimists. (laughs) See, God wants us to be optimistic. I mean, we have God. Someone has said this, and I found this today. If you can't see the bright side of life at least polish the dull side. Do something. We can rejoice no matter what because of why. God's for me. He's not against me. God has a plan for me that's good. God's discipline even is good for me because He loves those He disciplines. God is in full control of the circumstance of our lives tonight. God has promised that if I stay in that vine, in that relationship to Him, I'm going to be in heaven forever in a continual feast. It doesn't get any better than that. So when you're down and you want to go online to www.pessimist.com, scratch it and say, God, let me have a view of who you are. Yeah, we have tough times. Yeah, we have difficult times. But we have God. And we have joy of the Lord because Christ has changed our lives. Proverbs 15.30. Turn there. Let me give you point number five. Real joy is contagious. It's a magnet. Look at Proverbs 15.30. A cheerful look brings joy to the heart. And good news 
gives health to the bones. You see, when we're filled with joy, everybody we come in contact with, it just kind of rubs off on them. Ever been around people like that? In other words, if I have joy and you don't and I come in contact with you, more often than not, it will rub off and you will be joyful. I read about a man who had returned from Africa very sick and he was rushed to the hospital. After a battery of tests, he woke up in the private room, nobody there, and the phone rang. This is your doctor. We had the results. We have now the results back of your test. And you have an extremely nasty virus, which is very, very contagious. We're going to have to put you on a diet of pizzas, pancakes, and pita bread. (laughs) Pizza, pancakes, pita bread. And the man said to the doctor, "Will, will that cure me? The doctor replied, no, but it's the only food we can get under your door. (laughs) There are some people in this fellowship I love to be around. Because no matter what's going on in their lives, they're joyful, positive, laughing in their outlook. It's very contagious. Those men and women have many true friends. That's why people loved to be around Jesus. You see, if you're the other way, if you're always seeing half empty, if you're always looking at the negative, or if you're putting on the front of the smile, but we really know it's not true, then number one, you'll have a difficult time being a good witness. Number two, you will usually fail in leadership because people don't want to be around you. Now, I'm not talking about like the jokers on TV that give you the smile. I'm talking about the true joy of the Lord. And when you're around those people enough, you know they got it. And man, is it contagious. That's what I want in my life. In spite of the difficulties, joy is to be contagious. Whenever you found Jesus, you found that his joy spilled, it was just like, just spilled over. It just spilled over on other people. Let me ask you tonight, is it spilling over from you? If you're down at zero, or one or two, not much. Is it spilling over? Is it spilling over? Turn with me to Luke chapter 9. I want us to go back to a mountainside with Jesus. I want us to go back about 2,000 years ago. I want you to immerse yourself in the text. I want you to take your shoes up, put your sandals on, put your long robes on, little walking cane, and sit down with me right now in the mountainside. And let's listen to Jesus teach. I, I, I want you to come with all your burdens, with everything you have today, with the things that are upsetting you, with the cares of this life, just like these people were. 5,000 men sat down here. That's probably close to 14, 12 to 14,000 total people, women and children. They sat on this mountainside. They're just like you, and they're just like me. They're just people. With them is Jesus and his disciples. I want you to see a lesson. Luke chapter 9, verse 10. Now when the apostles returned, they reported to Jesus what they had done. Then he took them with him, and they withdrew by themselves to a town called Bethsaida. But the crowds learned about it and followed him. Why? Because he was a smiling Jesus. He welcomed them. 
Notice, he didn't go, oh, bummer. More lousy people. You see, if you have the joy of the Lord, you love to be around people. You'll have them in your home. That's why you'll get in small group. Because you want to be around people. He welcomed them, he spoke to them about the kingdom of God, and he healed those who needed healing. Wow. Late in the afternoon, the twelve came to him and said, Send the crowd away so they can go to the surrounding villages and countryside, the fast food places, and find food and lodging. Because we are in a remote place here. Jesus replied, I love it. Notice it's in red. You give them something to eat. Well, they answered, and you know that they went out looking among them and came back. A little boy had a little lunch with him. His mom had packed his little lunch of five little loaves of bread and two fish. So they answered, we only have five loaves of bread and two fish. Unless we go and buy food for all the crowd. And 5,000 men were there. But he said to his disciples, no problemo. Have them sit down in groups of about 50 each. Now why did God do that? He's an organized God. Why when you come into this building, do we say sit here, sit here, no kids, can't get up, walk out? Can't. Why when you drive in the parking lot, do we say please park here, please park there, follow the same reason? So we can effectively minister to people. You see, children don't understand that. Sometimes 70-year-old children, 30-year-old children know. You're not telling me to where to park. Oh, yes, we are. Keep driving. You say, well, that's ridiculous. No, that's the way you run a church. There has to be order. The people sat down in groups of 50. Taking the loaves, the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks. Notice, looking up to heaven, he can go, Oh, God, if you don't come through, I'm going to look like an idiot here. <laughs> what? Why didn't he do that? Because he was in relationship with his father. See, he was growing in faith. Now, sometimes I do look like an idiot, and I go privately, Oh, God, if you don't come through. But that's okay, because we're learning. But the more you walk with Jesus, the easier it is to know he's going to do what he's told you to do. I believe the Father told him to do this. So he knew it was a natural. So he just says thanks. Then he gave to them, he gave them to the disciples, after he broke them, to set before the people. And they ate, they all ate, all, circle the word all, they all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketful of broken pieces, that were left over. I want you to think of the joy in this story. You might want to use it as a devotion this week, come up with a lot more than I did, but I just want to think of this. Think of the joy of the disciples. Every time they put their hand into the basket, and it was down to the bottom, they went to the next person, they put their hand in, and there was more. Every single time. Think the guy sitting down the road goes, they're going to run out before they get to I know they're going to run out before they get to me. <laughs> You've been there, haven't you? They run out. You ever been to a church function where it's all you can eat? Unless you get in first line, get at the end, you're in trouble. We corrected that. But what happens here? We divvy it up on the tables now. Forget it. When it's gone, you're gone. All right? What, what these guys, every time they put their hands, think about, think about this. 
This is impossible. Every time they put their hand in the basket, there was some left. The joy of being able to do that. The people going, oh, and it just kept coming. Well, think of the joy of the little boy who brought his lunch. Wait till I go home and tell my, my lunch fed 14,000 people. Wow. Think of the joy of the people. Think as they tasted the fish. This is better than Long John Silver's. This is great. Look at the fish. It's so fresh as if it was just caught. Look at the bread. Man, it, it smells like it was just baked. The joy that was there. As it went down row and row, you can have more. Take all you. I can have more? All you can eat? An all you can eat restaurant in Galilee? Wow. <laughs> They'd never experienced that. The joy. You know what it's like when you're eating, don't you? It gets quiet and everybody's having a great time. They were hungry and they were having joy. Hmm. When the people left, as they went out of that mountainside, we don't ever get a picture in our mind what happened. I believe when the people left, there was an attitude of joy and happiness and laughter. It was, it was spilling out from their lives. When they went into the towns and arrived home, can you imagine the stories? Can you imagine the people they met? You hungry, hon? No. Can't you tell? <laughs> we were with Jesus. And he took these five loaves, two, I don't know how he did it. We all were full. Just, the joy just spilled over. The joy of Jesus. Can you imagine the disciples at the end of this? Figuring Jesus is going to say, go pick up the 12 baskets now. We'll give them back to the owner. And they look, and in each basket, it's what? It's full. They had more for tomorrow. It was full. The joy. That's God. He's able to do exceeding and abundantly above all we can even ask or think. You know what's amazing? When they went to their towns, when they went to the people, when they shared what worked the next day at the carpenter shop and wherever in the place, the fields, the, the joy of the Lord was still in their hearts and it was spilling over. Do you want to imagine the next time Jesus came through, were there more people? Because of the joy. Do you know this is exactly what God has designed for us? We sit here on a Saturday evening or one of our two Sunday mornings or a Wednesday evening and God feeds us supernaturally from his word and we keep coming week after week and we say man it can't get any better than this but God says watch me <laughs> and he feeds us and it's not a little it's more than we can even imagine and it's so good and I get the privilege of just going to the basket every week whoo it's never empty because God's filled my basket first it's not me, it's God. And when we leave, we go to the parking lot, we go to the commons, we go to our neighborhoods, we go to our homes, we go to our places of work, and it should spill over. That's his plan. That's what happens. I want to challenge you tonight. Christian, let it spill. Let it spill. Let it come from your innermost being. The Bible says this. In Psalm 16, in thy presence, listen, in thy presence is 
fullness of joy. We're in his presence tonight. God is here. God is here. In your presence there's fullness, Psalm 16 says, of joy. Christian, three things to write down. Number one, let's learn to laugh more and enjoy the journey. You see, you mean I got to work at it? Yep. Sometimes we just have to work at it. Number two, let's lighten up and allow the joy to spill over from our lives. Some of us are uptight too much. We're too serious. Learn to laugh at yourself. Other people do. (laughs) Might as well. We're pretty funny people, aren't we? I mean, look next to you. Without laughing. You got to be kidding me. You can't. I mean, we got the weirdest noses and eyes and shapes, and we're just funny people. And number three, let's choose. Let's choose joy. The best medicine that God ever made was a glad, joyful, and happy heart. That's the best medicine you'll find. It's pure. It works. I read today the best vitamin for a Christian is B1. I want you to look at a verse on the overhead. One day, in another instance, Jesus was out and he said to his disciples, 72 of them, go on out and minister. And I give you the power and he, you know, to tread on serpents and to cast out demons and to heal the sick and whatever. Well, they came back. And man, they were spilling over with joy. They were talking about all the demons that were cast out. They were excited about what God had done. They were just telling Jesus about all the stuff. And you can see Jesus going, yeah, boys, that's what it's supposed to be like. It's my power in you. That's what's going to change this whole world. It's not you. It works. They were joyful. Then Jesus did a very strange thing. He actually took that joy and refocused it. And look what he wrote. I have it for you in the overhead. Luke 10, 20. Look what he writes. Let's look at it. Let's look at it together. Here's what Jesus said. Remember, they're excited about demons coming out. They're excited about people being healed. They're excited about people's lives changed. Look what Jesus says. Look at this. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you. In other words, it's okay to rejoice. But that's not the main focus. It's cool that people were delivered of demons. But what is the main focus of life? But rejoice that your names are written in heaven. The greatest joy comes from knowing I'm going to heaven. Without that assurance, there is no true joy. You can manufacture what you want. It will not fly. The only way to have true joy have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We can't grin and bear it when things are disastrous, but we can remain joyful. That's a hard pill to swallow, but it's an important concept to grasp. God designed your life to be full of joy regardless of your circumstance. So even though you can't outwardly do the happy dance, you can rest in the fact that it's meant for your good. Social media is a huge blessing that most of us use every day. We want to encourage you to become our Facebook friend and follow our Twitter feed. At the Facebook page and Twitter feed, we post information about upcoming events, discipleship articles, and encouraging quotes that will inspire you in your walk with Jesus. 
Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to the Calvary Chapel Melbourne Facebook page and Twitter feed. Or simply search for Calvary CCM on Facebook or Twitter. We even have a specific Facebook page for the Vieira Campus. Simply search for Calvary CCM and you'll see the Vieira Campus Facebook page in the search results. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Again, our web address is LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Joy is the strength of our lives, so it makes sense that Satan's out to steal it. He has more impact with a Christian who's broken, wounded, depressed, and saddened than one who chooses to live in victory despite the circumstance. Make sure to tune in next time on Lessons for Living to learn practical ways to avoid his trap by depending on the Lord for your strength and finding hope in the promise of his word. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through the book of Proverbs. That's next time on Lessons for Living. Hear your